Hello, everyone, and welcome to the inaugural episode of From the Cove with Quinn Thomas. I, believe it or not, am Quinn Thomas. So before I tell you what this podcast is going to be about, a little bit of a background on me. I am a student at the Dan Patrick School of Sportscasting from Full Sail University. I will be graduating from this program at the end of September of this year. And I am born and raised in the San Francisco Bay Area. I'm currently residing in San Francisco. I have grown up a Giants fan and been a Giants fan for my entire life. So this podcast is going to be all about the San Francisco Giants. We're going to do series recaps and previews. You can expect a new episode after slash before every single series. We will also go over the latest transactions from what the Giants have done. And if you follow the Giants, you know Farhan Zaidi makes plenty of those. We're going to have injury updates and then player updates, see how they're performing, talk a little bit more about specific players. And we're going to be covering the Giants all season long. So if you are a Giants fan, or if you are a fan of another team and just want to get an update on what this team is doing, make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast app. All right, so let's start this off by breaking down the most recent series where the Cardinals were in San Francisco for a four-game set, and the Giants were able to split it two to two. They salvaged the final two games. But you know what? Let's kind of take this game by game. So in game one, it was a bullpen game, uh, and the Giants, to their credit, the early relievers, kind of kept this game within striking distance. But once the Giants went to their top quote, top arms out of the pen, uh, the Cardinals blew it open. We went Yovera, Littell, Brebia, Alvarez, Santos, and then McGee and Rogers, our, probably our two best pitchers, let this game get away from them a little bit. But, you know, regardless of how well the bullpens, the bullpen pitches, you're not going to win many games when you score one run. The Giants only scored one run, and that was a Mike Yastrzemski RBI. You know, we're going to touch on Yaz more with the Sunday game, but I will say I'm very pleased in what we've seen out of Yastrzemski following the first homestand of the season. I think he really figured some things out when we were, uh, when the Giants were in Washington, and unfortunately he had that brief stint on the COVID IL, but he's back. He's looking more so like what we saw from him in 2020, and I think that's a really, really good sign. I don't want to spend too long on this Thursday 7-1 to shellacking at the hands of the Cardinals because let's focus on some positive. Uh, before we get into the positive, we do have to cover one more loss, and that's Friday night's game, the first Orange Friday of the Giants' season, and they lost 3-2. to This was a much closer game, a much better-pitched game, and I want to really give some attention to Alex Cobb. Because he went five innings, allowed two runs, but he struck out eight guys. Now, Alex Cobb started out this season looking great. He's had more velocity on that sinker than I think he's ever had in his career, which is not something that you see when a guy is this deep into his career. But he's been hitting 96, 97 at times with that sink, mixed with a just disgustingly rude splitter. So his stuff looks great. Now, he had that injury in New York, which any time a guy who is finally healthy and showcasing electric stuff gets injured, especially in the lower half of the body, you start to get nervous on when he comes back, what's his stuff going to look like? He wasn't 
on the IL for long. I think he only missed two starts. And he came back and he didn't look good in his first game back at all. But he looked good here on Friday night. He struck out eight guys. His, his sink had good velocity. His split looked good. And even that, even that knuckle curve looked good. So it was very, very encouraged what we saw from Alex Cobb on Friday. Um, unfortunately, Doval kind of gave up the lead in the ninth inning. But the pitching looked much better than what we'd seen the last game in Los Angeles and the first game against the Cardinals. So pitching looked better. Offense still been struggling. I think we only had five different guys get hits, and Crawford and Estrada both got two. So, I mean, you can't, you're not going to win many games if you score two runs. Just like I said with the Friday night or Thursday night game, you're not going to win many games when you score one run, but two's not going to really cut it either. All right, moving on to something much more encouraging, especially from an offensive perspective, the Saturday game. And I think they kind of had to do this. Buster Posey Day. And before we dive into the game, I just want to say that the Giants did an excellent job with Buster Posey Day. You know, all the former teammates, it was really cool to see Benji Molina there. And Benji Molina was, I think, personally, I think he had the speech of the night. Obviously, there was there was Posey's speech, which was incredible. But Benji Molina, it was it was so cool to see him again at Oracle Park in a Giants jersey. It was a Buster Posey jersey, which I thought was great. But it was cool to see Benji there and then having him kind of tell the story of a younger Buster trying to learn from him. Because we forget that Benji Molina was was a consistent player for us behind the plate for for quite a few years. He was our number four hitter. So that was really cool to see, among along with some other teammates. And then, of course, Buster, his family there. I think the Giants did a great job putting that on. Kruk and Kipe as the MCs. it was great. It was just a great experience. I was at work, but I definitely snuck to the back to watch as much of this as I possibly could. So I was excited to see that. And then in the game, you know, it was a Logan Webb day, and usually we feel pretty confident on Logan Webb days. But, you know, he gave up a run in the first inning. He didn't look like he had his best stuff. Again, you know, he's kind of, as he had said, he's been finding himself a little bit. I think that was, again, evident at this game. I will say he struck out seven over five innings, and I think that's like the highest case per nine percentage he's had in any start this year, which is encouraging because... In his start in New York, his velocity on the sinker was way down. And that was kind of like he didn't have that sinker working at all. Like we're used to seeing Webby anywhere between 93 to 95 on the sink. At least that's what it was last year. And then in New York, we saw him kind of top out at 91. And while that's not the only issue he had been having, it was definitely one of them. So we saw his stuff kind of come back to life a little bit. You know, it's not having that final snap at the end, as Gabe Kapler likes to say, but it looked better. He struck out seven. Granted, he gave up four runs on eight hits, but he did strike out seven, and that was encouraging to see. What was more encouraging to see was that the offense actually came to life. You score eight runs in the first two innings of a game, and you're putting yourself in a much better position to win than when you score one run over a full nine. So, obviously, Wilmer Flores with that huge grand slam in the first, and I mean, come on, if you've got Buster Posey in the stadium, first time back as a retired player, and you, you've kind of got to hit a grand slam, right? Flashback to 20, 2012 against the Reds in Game 5. I mean, it's an MVP slam. But that was awesome. Love, love Wilmer Flores. Six RBIs that day. I mean, it was great. Um, 
I think Dubon had a home, home run as well. I mean, Doobie went two for four with four runs. And then uh, and then Darren Ruff finally got his home run. He's been so close, and I think he's been a victim of the dead ball fiasco in the MLB this year. But Ruff finally got on the board with a bomb. And I think this game, you know, you score 13 runs in a game, it's going to kind of propel you out of a slump. And I think that was a perfect way to do it. And that mixed with Buster Posey Day, I think that's exactly what the Giants needed to get back into the win column and back to scoring runs, especially when Brandon Belt returns. Now, he did get taken out of the game later. We will talk about that. But every indication from Gabe Kapler is that Belt will be just fine. We're starting to get these pieces back. Lamont Wade's back. Brandon Belt's back. We've got some other guys on the horizon of coming back that we'll dive into. But Saturday's game, 13-7, it was a huge sigh of relief. Relief Seeing the offense get back to their good at-bats, they drew eight walks that game, and then get back to their home run hitting ways, which was a big reason. Walks and home runs was a big reason as to why they were successful in 2021. Moving on to Sunday. Now, there was a possibility that they were a little bit hungover, you know, those hangover games from a big night the night before. It didn't happen. It really didn't. On Sunday, they came out, nice 4-3 win. We had good pitching. We had good defense from the Giants had good defense. And we also had some timely hitting, which was good to see. Jacob Junis out of the like as a spot starter and then out of the pen as a long relief guy has been a huge shot in the arm for this Giants bullpen and rotation. He went five innings, only allowed two runs on two on three hits, sorry, uh, with five strikeouts. He's got an elite slider. It looked really good, and it was exactly what we needed. Give Rodon an extra day's rest, and if you've got Junis kind of coming in, filling in for these uh, guys that will go down throughout the season, there's 162 games in the season. We will see starters end up on the IL or miss one start. Right now, Di Sclafani's on the IL. We already had Cobb on the IL. So Junis being able to come in, provide that. I mean, he is a solid starter at any for any MLB rotation. Sorry for my mush mouth. Uh, but he pitched really well. Leon pitched not so well. He gave up a run. Uh, Littell pitched well, Brebbia pitched well, and we'll talk about Doval in a minute, but I do want to spend more time talking about Mike Yastrzemski, who had his second home run of the year, and it was into McCovey Cove for the Giants' second splash hit of the year. And the Giants are approaching 100 splash hits. I think they're at 93 now, and that might happen this year. And I wonder, I think that would be pretty cool to be at that game where the 100th splash hit at Oracle Park history is, is, is finally secured. If, wonder if that happens this year or next year. I'm going on a little bit of a tangent. But Yastrzemski, he looks like he's back to 2020 form. Obviously, the down year last year, even though he still hit 25 home runs, but his average in OPS wasn't there. He's got himself up to a 295 average. 781 OPS isn't exactly where you want to see it. Um, I think that's continuing to climb as he gets starts to get more solid contact and drive the ball uh, to the deeper part of the yards, out of the yards, more extra base hit power. Um, and then Lamont Wade Jr., first home run of 2021 himself. That one was destroyed to center field. And again, the Giants drew seven walks in this game and two home runs. 
That recipe of good at-bats either leading to walks or leading to damage is what makes the Giants successful. It's what led them to 107 wins last year, and it is what has started to turn around the season this year. Obviously, they only lost five games, so saying turn around the season is what it is. But just for reference, the Giants only drew four walks in the Thursday night blowout loss to the Cardinals. So you kind of see that as they have better at-bats, draw more walks, they start to do more damage, and as a result, hit more home runs, score more runs, win more games. So that is all positive things. Now, one thing I want to touch on is I saw one of the Giants beat reporters, Evan Wabek, if I'm mispronouncing his name, that's okay. Uh, he pointed out a stat that since uh, Jock Peterson has returned from his groin injury, he is 0 of 16, 0 for 16. And yes, that's true. He is 0 for 16. He went from hitting like 340 down to 261. Still has an OPS of 848. I don't want to forget that because that's an insane number, especially with someone that's over their last 16 at-bats. But Jock Peterson has still been hitting the ball hard. He's had a number of balls that were just shy of leaving or he just missed them. So I'm not too worried about Peterson. He'll kind of come back around. Uh, now that he's got more protection in this lineup, like Yastrzemski started to play better. Wilmer Flores is starting to play better. I don't want to talk about Crawford right now. Another 0 for 4 on Sunday. But Darren Ruff is starting to find himself again. He's now hitting over 200, which is shocking to say that we're pleased with that. But we are. Um, and then we've got some more guys coming back, and we'll kind of dive into the injuries uh, after we finish this game. But the last thing I want to talk about from this Cardinal series is Camilo Duvall. So Duvall obviously gave up the winning run at the Friday night game. Didn't look great, but didn't look terrible, but definitely didn't look great. He looked great, I think, in the ninth inning on Sunday. He struck out two. He walked one. That one walk was an excellent at-bat from Goldschmidt. His fastball velocity was significantly better than we've seen at all throughout the season so far. When he first started this season, we were seeing him kind of hover around 96, topping out 97. We've seen it gradually climb up. Now, Duvall, he doesn't have to be throwing 99 to 104 every single pitch, but when you can start to hit 99, 100, and you can start to locate. There was one pitch, I think it was the first pitch he threw in the ninth inning. It was 99 right on the black. And then he threw 101. So Duvall's starting to look a lot better. His velo's coming back. He's starting to locate. And then that slider, that slider, he's kind of staying closed a little bit longer. And then being able to locate that slider and get that late bite and not kind of leave it hanging over the middle of the plate or letting it fly off, like not even slide at all and just be way to the right of uh, either outside to a lefty or inside to a righty. So he's starting to look better, starting to look more like what we saw last year. And it really showed in the ninth inning as he struck out two. And not only did he strike out two, but he did that against the meat, the meat of, of this Cardinals lineup. I uh, believe he struck out Nolan Arenado to end the game. You know, he walked Goldschmidt, but that was a great, an absolute great at-bat from Goldschmidt. So not much you can complain about there. But overall, the Giants ended their skid, started to come back to life a little bit. Offense definitely did. And, I mean, I think that was a good way to end that series. You know, the Cardinals are a good team. You're slumping. They come in, take the first two. You salvage the series, split it, win the last two. Not only do you win the last two, but you kind of get back the identity that this Giants team has had over the last year plus of drawing walks and hitting home runs.
And so I think they can consider that they're kind of out of this swoon. But that being said, they're still tied for fourth place, and we got an important series against the Rockies coming up. All right, so before we dive into the Rockies series preview, let's talk a little bit about the Giants' transactions, roster moves, uh, and then dive into some of the injured guys and how they're doing, what's going on in their rehab, and when we can expect them back. So over, over the weekend, there were a number of, of roster moves. And, I mean, anyone who's following the Giants knows that Farhan Zaidi will play around with this 26-man roster f- a lot. And we shouldn't be... Uh, we shouldn't be surprised. The first one is, I mean, Giants finally designated Tyler Beatty for assignment. It was a good run. You know, former first-round draft pick, never really panned out. He had some injury issues, came up this year. Uh, he was out of options. He just didn't perform, and the Giants finally had to cut ties. So I hope Tyler Beatty finds another position in, the, in, in professional baseball. I think he will. He's a talented guy. Uh, but the Giants just have an overcrowded roster, especially with pitching depth. And a guy who doesn't have any options left that also isn't performing, you just can't, you can't, you can't give him that many chances to prove himself as a productive big league player. So they finally had to cut ties. After that, the Giants activated Zach Littell. We saw him pitch over the weekend. Then they optioned Yovera back to Sacramento. They recalled Sean Jelly. We got to see the 6'11 Monsters debut, and he looked good. He looked really good. He had a perfect inning, including a strikeout, and they they promptly sent him back down to Sacramento the next day. Uh, they also optioned Sam Long back down to Sacramento, and Lamont Wade Jr. is back off the IL. We saw him hit a home run on Sunday, on Mother's Day. Of course he hit it on Mother's Day. If you follow the Giants, you definitely know his relationship with his mom is pretty special. So that was really cool to see. Uh, the Giants also optioned Vossler back to Sacramento. And Brandon Belt came back from the 10-day IL, basically the COVID IL. Came back, drew three walks, and then got hurt in his final at-bat. Got taken out of the game and then missed Sunday. All indications so far from Gabe Kapler is that it's a day-to-day thing. It's a neck pain that he deals with every single year. And he'll likely be in the lineup uh, for game one against the Rockies. But we just kind of have to wait to see what happens there. Uh, we all, The Giants also got Dominic Leone back from the COVID list. And that promptly made them option Gregory Santos. And they also recalled Jacob Junis from Sacramento as an opportunity to let him start uh, the Sunday game. And as we talked about, he pitched really well. That was, I mean, it's great. Anytime you can have a, a guy kind of fluctuate between the minors and the big leagues and come and give you a quality start or quality innings out of the pen, that's, that's fantastic. All right. So let's talk a little bit about some medical updates uh, this came in from Maria Guardado, uh, who reports for MLB.com on the San Francisco Giants. Matthew Boyd, remember we signed him from Detroit. Um, he's recovering from, I believe it was Tommy John surgery. He's going to continue to throw bullpens, likely see Matthew Boyd come back activated uh, sometime in the middle of June, is my guess. Uh, Di Sclafani, with his right ankle inflammation, is going to throw a bullpen today, Monday, May 9th, so that's a good sign. Uh, we 
Giants want to see DeSclafani get right. His stuff wasn't there earlier in the year, and ho- and hopefully it's kind of as a result of that ankle not being exactly where he wants it to be. So this extra rest and the attention to that ankle could have him come back and be that DeSclafani we saw in the first half of last year. Steven Duggar, who's on the 60-day IL with a left oblique strain, uh, the only news on him is he's continuing his rehab, which makes sense. Probably I'm not going to see Duggar until mid to late summer. Evan Longoria with his uh, right finger injury. I believe he was on a rehab assignment last week, but the, the news here is that he's going to work out with the team in San Francisco. So I believe that's a pretty good sign. He was previously working out in Scottsdale and then did a rehab assignment. And now that he's actually in San Francisco, we could see Longoria come back within the next few weeks, which is great. Tommy Lastella with his right Achilles injury is continuing his rehab at AAA Sacramento. He is off today with the team's off day, and he will play for Sacramento tomorrow. So Tommy Lastella is also looking like he is nearing a return, which is a great sign. So a lot of guys that we're waiting to see back on this Giants roster, which is a good sign. That's it's always good anytime you can start to collect your guys back and put together a full healthy roster, kind of force Saeed Farhan to make some some tough decisions in terms of optioning guys that have been performing in place for others. Luis Gonzalez comes to mind for that. It's it's a good sign. Uh, the Giants have depth. Zaidi and Kapler and Scott Harris have built this team uh, on depth, and it was tested the last couple of weeks. Obviously, the Giants lost five in a row. So, you know, there's only so many... Uh, there's only so much you can put... There's only so much weight you can put on to these guys that are kind of filling in for injured everyday players but they've stayed above above water they've got a big series against Colorado coming up and some guys nearing return on the horizon so let's jump into this Colorado series at the start of this season I would have never imagined hearing myself say the words we're entering into a big series this week against the Colorado Rockies when it is still early May. But the fact remains is the Giants and the Rockies are tied for fourth place in this division. Rockies have been winning some games that nobody thought they would really win, and the Giants have been losing some games nobody thought they would really lose. So as a result, they're both 16-12, and 12, and we've got a three-game set between the two teams starting Monday night. So let's dive into kind of a serious preview and we'll start with some pitching probables. Uh, Monday night, the Giants are throwing Carlos Rodon, the red-hot lefty. He's 3-1 with a 1.55 ERA and 41 strikeouts. I mean, I've absolutely loved watching this guy throw. It's been incredible. He is a freight train. He just challenges guys with high heat. He, I expect him to have another great start. And the Rockies are going to throw Austin Gomber, who's 2-2 two two with a 3.58 ERA, a lefty. Uh, he's got 26 Ks on the season. So naturally, as, uh, as, we're, as the Giants are facing a lefty, you can only imagine what Gabe Kapler has done with the lineup. And uh, here it is. Actually, it just came through from Pavlovich. Giants versus Rockies. Uh, leading off and playing left field is Austin Slater. Dubon's going to hit second and play center. Brandon Belt is back in the lineup officially. Uh, we just talked about him in the injury segment. 
but he is back. So it looks like Kapler was right with that kind of being a day-to-day injury in his neck, and I'm glad to see him back in the lineup. He's batting third, playing first base. Wilmer Flores batting cleanup, playing third. Darren Ruff is our DH. It's good to see him in the lineup. He's been playing much better as of late. Brennan Crawford is going to hit six, playing shortstop. Sorry, I forgot how to count there. Tyro Estrada back, starting at second base. He's started every game at second base except for Sunday. Joey Bart's going to play catcher and bat eighth. And then Mike Yastrzemski is going to bat ninth and play right field with Carlos Rodon on the mound. So, obviously, the Giants are stacking up righties with a few everyday starters playing uh, from the left side. So, you know, obviously, Kapler's doing his platoon. Expect to see Lamont Wade pinch hit. Expect to see... um, some other moves as the game goes on. Expect to see Jock Peterson probably pinch hit as well. So, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good game. You expect to see Rodone go out and shove it. You expect to see Gomber compete. The Rockies usually compete well against the Giants. So, this will be a good game. This will be a good series. The Rockies are... Their, their plus-minus in terms of run differential is not looking great. They've won a lot of games they probably shouldn't have. I've got a friend who lives out in Denver who's part of my, uh, my uh, sports casting program uh, that was telling me the other day that the Rockies should have lost most of the games that they have won. But with a lot of luck, they've had things kind of shift in their direction. They're not really hitting well. Uh, despite the winning record, and kind of one thing you always expect to see from Rockies teams is the fact that they, they're going to hit, especially at Coors Field. But that hasn't been the case, even with uh, even with Chris Bryant. Uh, who is he in the lineup? He is not playing in Game 1. That's wildly interesting. But there is one guy that is going to make his return to Oracle Park, and that's Connor Joe. Connor Joe. I remember when... Bruce Bochy, back in 2019, announced the opening day lineup. We were in San Diego, and Bruce Bochy announced the lineup, and I see Connor Joe playing left field. And I thought he was a created player from MLB The Show. Like, there was no no way that this guy just randomly came up, and we saw Connor Joe starting on opening day. And he wasn't good for the Giants. He really was quite terrible. And the Giants ended up letting him go. But he's found a home in Colorado. He's playing very well. He's hitting 267, four bombs and 11 RBIs. He looks to be one of their best hitters on this team. Now, the one thing that is the case is he's no CJ Crone. CJ Crone is by far the best hitter on the Rockies. He's hitting 311 with nine home runs and 24 RBIs. That is incredible. CJ Crone just became a bona fide star. He rakes against lefties, so that's one guy to watch out for in game one. Don't want to spend too much time on game one because we definitely have the edge, especially with our pitching matchup. Uh, So let's jump over to game two on Tuesday night where we've got Alex Wood on the mound. And, you know, we love Wood starts. We really do. Uh, Wood is 2-2 with a 4-3-8 ERA. And don't let that ERA fool you. He's been pitching much better than that ERA says. He's got 26 strikeouts on the season. And they'll be going up against right-handed pitcher Antonio Senzatella, who's 2-1 and one with a 3-2-5 ERA and only 7 Ks. So, again, this is going to be one of those situations where you're going to see the Giants heavily platoon lefties in their starting lineup. Uh, be prepared to see Jock Peterson. Be prepared to see Yastrzemski and Luis Gonzalez in the outfield. 
And yeah, I mean, this, this is a game the Giants should win. On paper, the Giants should sweep the Rockies. It's just, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense for this not to happen, but as we know in baseball, that isn't always the case. And especially when it is, uh, when it's a Colorado team that has given the Giants fits over and over again throughout these years, uh, it's going to be a tough series. And this is a game, this is a series the Giants should, should sweep and need to sweep, or at least take two out of three. You've had a really rough stretch. You're trying to get back into the win column. You're trying to get back into the top couple teams in the NL West. And when the Dodgers are winning pretty much every single game and the Padres are winning every single game, you don't want to let anything slip because they're not going to let anything slip. And as we know, going down to the end of, remember from the, the stretch last year, we, the Giants were one or two games up on the Dodgers and Team, the team went win for win for win for win. And a lot of that, the reason why uh, the Giants were able to win that division was because of the Dodgers' struggles early on. So the Giants need to get back in the win column, back starting to figure this out, get back to their identity that they started to see those last two games against the Cardinals, put together some good at-bats, do some damage at the plate, pitch well, and this should be a good series. Moving on to game three, uh, Giants are going to throw Alex Cobb, who's 1-1 one one with a 4-8 ERA with 22 strikeouts. We've talked about Cobb already, so I won't talk too much about him. They'll be going up against Chad Cool. I believe that's how you pronounce his last name. He is 3-0 and with a 1.82 ERA, also with 22 Ks. So he looks to be like he's one of their best pitchers so far in the early season. So this will be another game, day game at Oracle Park, uh, another game that the Giants are going to have to show up for. And, you know... The Rockies are a pesky team. They're not a good team. They're really not. But they are a pesky team, and they always play division rivals well. So this is, this is an important series. It really is. But if the Giants do what they need to do... Also, I should point this out because I said that Chris Bryant wasn't in the lineup, and that's because he is injured... He is out for the rest of this road trip for the Rockies, and he's rehabbing in Arizona. So we will not get to see Chris Bryant's return to Oracle Park, even though that he was only there for a few months. We're not going to see that, uh, at least this go-around. But maybe later in the season, we hope later in the season, we never want to see a guy not be, uh, not be on the field. I mean, he gets paid to be on the field. He likes to play baseball. We like to see him play baseball. Maybe not in a Giants uniform, but we like to see him play baseball. So we'll eventually get to see him down the line. But that's kind of it for this Rocky Series preview. We've got our probable starting pitchers. Um, I don't expect any of these injured guys to be back in this series. I think if there's going to be one, it's going to be Longoria. I'm just not entirely sure how far away he is. Um, I think he'll, he'll probably be the first one back off the IL, at least the ones that are currently on the IL. But this is going to be an important test for the Giants. They need to win this series. They need to win this series and kind of get back into that win column from a serious perspective and start to start to rack these up again and make a push towards the front of the this NL West. So this is no joke. About two seconds after I stopped recording that last segment on the Rockies preview, um, right after I said I think Longoria is the first one to come back, we got news from Alex Pavlovich. Uh, Gabe Kapler said Evan Longoria is, quote, ready 
Now it's just a matter of time when the Giants decide to activate him, but it will be soon. So there is a very, very good chance that the Giants will activate him in this Rockies series, which will be another boost for a lineup that has been needing more more thump in the middle of that lineup. Longoria should be back in this series. They might give it a few days just to make sure he is uh, his timing is right, have him take some live BP, and uh, see where to go from there. But that is great news for the Giants. Longoria will be back, and that not only will he be back, it allows the Giants to do more of what worked last year, and that's platoon these guys. Wilmer Flores is a great player, but as an everyday guy, it puts a lot of pressure on him. So while he's been swinging the bat really well, if you allow him to go back to that platoon role and not have to play third base or DH every single day, that will boost the rest of this lineup. So great news. Longoria should be back really, really soon, and the Giants are going to need that because after this series against the Rockies, they go play the Cardinals three more times in St. Louis. All right, so before we wrap up this inaugural episode of From the Cove, I want to talk about one final thing, and I am not a fan of the Los Angeles Dodgers, but some really cool news broke today, and that is that for the first time ever, the Dodgers will be wearing custom on-field pride caps at Dodger Stadium on June 3rd for LGBTQ Plus Night. Then on June 11th, the Dodgers and the Giants will make history when they both take the field at Oracle Park wearing their respective team team's pride caps. This is a really cool thing, and I think this needs to be done across the league. It is, it is uh, Gay Pride Month in the month of June. The Dodgers are starting to show their support for it, starting to raise awareness on their end. The Giants have been doing this for years, and they're going to be doing it together. Some things are bigger than baseball. Some things are bigger than rivalries. And this is a great thing that needs to be done more often by more teams. And I think eventually it will happen. But major props to the Dodgers for this. Major props to the Giants for this. And shame on everybody in the Twitter mentions saying um, that this is a political move, that they won't be watching this game, um, and so on and so forth. Frankly, there's no place for these people in the game of baseball. It's bigger than baseball, and if you don't like it, don't look at the rainbow in the hat. Come on, it's not that big of a deal, but it is a huge deal for those of this effects. That is all. I hope you enjoyed this inaugural episode of From the Cove with Quinn Thomas. I am Quinn Thomas, and please join me after the Rocky series where we will break down whatever happens in that series and preview yet another series against the St. Louis Cardinals. Have a great night, watch some Giants baseball, and thank you for joining me.